Coco. Welcome to the next installment of the Yummy Coco Show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, Yummy Coco, a.k.a. Colette Prosper. I am a comedy writer and filmmaker. On this show, we talk about everything from mm, so depressing right now, just keeps keeps on coming. There's There's now a COVID surge in Europe. So let's just like be hopeful right now and just talk about happy stuff black lady sketch shows coming back soon um amy aniobi uh former uh executive producer of insecure along with uh i think she was a co-exec producer uh on insecure also grace edwards both of them are coming out with a podcast called the antidote that's very exciting those are bright spots that are happening um the show minx i think is coming out this week i'm very excited about that Everything else is crap. So let's, you know, distract ourselves with other things. So anyway, on the show today, we have Joseph Mwamba. He is a a YA dramedy writer. Don't get it twisted. I did. You'll find out why. Uh, Also, there was a perfect opportunity for a dead dad or dead parents joke, but I didn't take it. I didn't do it because I didn't want to bum him out. You'll also hear that, too. Uh, just he drops a thousand and one gems. Really great guy. Great conversation. Uh, check it out, especially if you are an emerging writer. Uh, he provides a lot of sage wisdom. Uh, but if you're not a writer, you'll also be inspired by his ambition and his uh, generosity towards uh, helping others. So there's there's plenty of um, opportunity for everyone to to glean some some great knowledge from Joe. So check that out. In the meantime, some housekeeping. If you like the show, please rate and review. It's how people can find the show. Let's kick things off with a remix of the sketch springtime succession of Kim and Pete. Sketch. Sketch. Chris Jenner's office. Ha, you're new. Where's my mother? Oh, hi. Is this uh, Chloe or Kendall or... Forget it. It's Courtney. You need to tell Chris that this has to stop. I know what she's doing. I will certainly let her know, but just to confirm, it's about Pete Davidson, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't like this springtime twist. I'm supposed to be in the hot relationship. Where Kravis? Babe, have you seen my CBD? It's all so hard. Not now, Travis. 
Listen, new assistant, I'm not battling springtime allergies while having to deal with Pete Davidson's big dick energy. You need to tell Chris I am not the one. Got it. But we're told to say that this relationship is a, uh, a, a positive transition for her. I don't want a transition. If anyone's giving out hickeys in a Giorgio Baldi parking lot, it's me. Yeah, you can still do that. I'm still authorized to call TMZ for any photo ops for you. Um, you know, just, just not Chloe and Kendall. Whatever, I was first in line to have a hot relationship, not her. Fix it. Now, assistant. But I just do what Chris tells me, Courtney, and we're, we're also told that, that Pete makes Kim feel young. <laughs> young? Me and Travis have brought back 2000s punk. Hot Topic should be thanking us. I know, but Kim and Pete have brought back hickeys and giggling in cars like teenagers. Like, I did that first on my Instagram last I know, week. I sent TMZ the link. I'll ignore the fact that it only got 1.1 million likes. Thank you, I'll try harder. Good, and you assistants, all of you, better not be planning a cute nickname for Kim and Pete. Well, Kim Pei's been floating around. Ew, gross. Forget all that, let's focus on you, Courtney. How can I help you? Oh, you know what I want, assistant. I want more power. I want to be the top Kardashian in people's minds. You so deserve that, Courtney. truly, but Chris is the big boss. Yeah, and it'd be a shame if you destroyed all her hard work over getting Pete and Kim together. How, how would I destroy Chris's hard work? Courtney, are you, are you threatening me? You're the one buzzing in my ear, revealing secret shit for me. The other assistants aren't doing that, but you'll probably be fine. Chris should keep you. Uh, okay, I, I, I should go. I have another call. That's fine. I will pull something out of my ass to prevail, but I may have to burn you in the process. Please, please don't. I'll do anything. That's more like it. The bitter romance battle threatened to turn into a family civil war for television's most miserable wealthy family? Find out next week in part two of the succession of Kim and Pete. Baby in a sleep mode or focus awesome. mode.
So that way, if an emergency breaks out, then maybe I need to go. But Oh, good. I usually do airplane mode, but you do focus mode. That's interesting. Yeah, no, airplane mode, because the last time I did that, my friend was literally stranded at the end of the street while the police was doing a thing. So I was just like, (laughs) okay, so learned lesson, not doing that again. (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm taking my phone off airplane mode right now. Right, yeah, because this was an emergency. Like, if, you know, your dad dies, it's like, well, I'm in Like, there's no way to contact me so with <laughs> focus it's like i can take the i can select the amount of the specific people that i want to text me and mm-hmm. then obviously the apps that are available so like i only let like my google calendar get through um, yeah. to remind me of like hey you have an appointment for something but um right. and my roommates and my parents are the only people who are um who get through so um, yeah those yeah, are like the fun. essentials like the like you know how in like in my space it was like you know your top five Top eight, top eight, top eight, top eight, top eight. Yeah, no, the top eight was um very. Also, it was the top eight is very cruel. Like that is a very cruel way for somebody to find out that you are uh you are not on the your your top ten, but you didn't make the list. You didn't make my list. Sorry, bro. (laughs) You could probably be like number nine or number ten, but you you just didn't make that top eight. Make that and actually, to be fair, what if you ever got brought up like you called out on it's like I'm not on your top eight, and you're like you're number nine. But how how often has that person (laughs) said that to how many people afterwards? Yeah, and who would have like the foresight to think that like oh, but uh, however, like you have to be really like a a really great at spin so Mm, i don't know if i'm good at spin Uh, but i have worked in publicity i i do work in media so i guess i i guess i can i have some savvy or at least i'm impressed by spin Mm, that's fair yeah i feel like what you really need to do what like if you really wanted to be like scathing you should just have your top 100 friends just have them all and then like have the rankings constantly change so that way oh, when you're but you know it's a bummer i don't know if i have a hundred friends oh stop it you do you can- i like ro- they could be robots like i have i have uh you know however many twitter people but like how many do i actually know and talk to i mean i feel like just your facebook account like the amount of yeah. people who you like like you just like acquaintances can get into the top 100 that's fine it's yeah. just like you know it's like you regular acquaintances um and then uh if you really want to be ballsy then you have a list of your enemies and you have your top ones your top wow five. wow that would be wow. really you know I, yeah, I like a like a Arya Stark, like a yeah. um, Maisie. Well, yeah, yes, absolutely. Her, her list of yeah. uh, of enemies. Yeah, I don't know if I have that either. I don't really have a. I don't have. I don't even have a list. I don't think there's a person that I'm like. Ooh, I hope they die. But like, I yeah. I don't have that. But I do kind of think that like sometimes we need to put our friends in check. Sometimes they disappoint you, and they need to know it. And it's like you right. you were top ten, now you're top twenty five. <laughs> do better. Yeah, do better, or, or you know, or you're number nine. Do better. Or um, somebody so, gave you like a thank you note, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, that's so great! You're in the top five now, baby. You did well." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has to be an excellent note, um, and and with with some candy, like Kit Kats or something. Like you have to know, you have to know me. See, I don't to, know. To really I feel, penetrate that top five. It's like you get your thank you note, and you go up. But once you add candy, then it's a bribe. And so then uh-huh. it's like, okay, I know you're trying to game the system. Back down. <laughs> you know, back yeah. Down. Oh, okay. So it's like you're showing your true colors. I like that we're talking about this because this relates to to our overall chat, which which has to do with like navigating social spheres and, and networking. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here with comedy writer Joseph Mwamba. 
who I met on Twitter. So nice. I DM'd him. He answered me. And here we are. We're sitting together talking about top eights. Oh, my goodness. So this is incredible. You worked on season two of The After Party. With just They just aired their first season on Apple uh, TV+. Plus. So cool. We'll get into that later. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today, Joe. It's staffing season right now. Um, as an emerging writer in, in Hollywood, I don't know shit about uh, staffing season or even how to get on the right path towards having anything to do with staffing season. So, you know, I want to talk to you about networking, building relationships, and also, if possible, like survival mechanisms for, for someone who, from someone like you, who's like in the trenches. So, you know, right now, staffing season is harder than before. Uh, it's, it's really hard to get a uh, support staff job. There are fewer jobs for emerging writers. You know, we need a way to we need to find creative ways to get our voices out there. So, so that's why I'm I'm seeking some some knowledge from you. Mm -hmm. um, but can I ask you a random icebreaker? Oh God, uh, yes, please. I do want to do want to just paraphrase. Like I, I'm yes. so glad you called me a comedy writer. I would okay. not call myself a comedy oh, writer. Oh, okay. I would definitely call myself a How dramedy. do you self-identify? Oh, oh, I'm a YA dramedy writer. Like, I, okay. I, I, I go uh, lean a bit towards the drama, but, like, all of them are layered with comedy. Um, I, I always step as, I always specifically say that because then when, pe when people, like, read my scripts, they're like, oh, God, it's going to make me laugh so hard because of Joe's personality. And I'm like, I'm not there yet. Uh, I'm working on it. Not there yet. But dramedy, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. But yeah, yeah so it's so so it's very kind of like emo like there there's going to be some 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 drama but you know you might you might laugh might be like right. a, a, a wry smile right you know right. yeah exactly. you, you're gonna make people think mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know as yes. they uh as they might smile and laugh okay yes. so dramedy why dramedy um thank you so much this is my icebreaker yeah. what's the most important thing to remember daily that you haven't been able to do Something that I've, I sorry, repeat the question. Uh, so what's the most important thing to remember daily that you haven't been able to do? Like, so for me, it's meditation and or stretching. You know, I should do it. I, I totally always forget. I bet dollars to donuts, Kate Hudson does it every day. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not Kate Hudson. Uh, oh, yeah. So, but you know, I, I watch her doing it and she seems mm -hmm. uh, pretty well-rounded. So I, maybe I should be meditating, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. So, and that you're supposed to do it every day. Um, mm -hmm. what about you? Yeah. I, I, I actually was gonna say like, I, I think literally walking outside, like, I think that um, wow. the, the, the thing for me is, uh, I can get so into my world of like uh -huh. all the responsibilities that I have to be doing that like, um, I often forget, um, basic things like, eating for example wow. <laughs> um, i wish i could so, forget that oh no it's very like i'll be like i'm a little hungry but like let me finish this project and then that first that project becomes five projects later and then it's suddenly like 10 p.m I'm like ah dang it forgot to do the thing um but i'm getting so, are, at that. so are you a, getting are you like that. that cat gif that is always typing like you know <laughs> or like pusheen like always typing yeah. Yeah, um, I'm very like I'm just very laser focused, and when uh -huh. I wake up, I go like, "Here's the things I need to accomplish for the day, and like, get them done." And um, generally speaking, if I feel like um, I'm like you know only like five minutes away for something, like I will finish it. But it's just like my brain just is constantly like there's so many things I need to write or read or emails I have to respond back to or like uh -huh. the responsibilities I have like leading certain um, resources that I need to get back to people I have to mm -hmm. respond to through text email like all the things uh, or the reads that I need to make 
So yeah. it just, in my head, I just go like, here's the list of things. And if I have downtime, then it's like, okay, let's go to this other list that is a bit more evergreen. And my brain just doesn't like automatically go, you need to like walk outside. <laughs> you haven't been outside in a bit. You need to go walk for like, just even if it's 10 or 15 minutes, just to, you know, one, experience life outside of what's yes, in your room. That would be um, nice. Yes. yes. Um, even something's really small, like going outside and just watch, uh, seeing like just a bird running, like, you know, around, just something different <laughs> in your life. A bird just, running. Like, you know, a bird <laughs> running around. Uh, look, they do it here. I'm in Hollywood. These birds, they don't fly. They run. They do not fly around. Um, and so for me, I think that's, that's the one thing I wish I just kept on. Now I literally like got to the point where now I have to schedule my lunches and dinners. So that yeah. I don't like, okay, I am giving myself this much time to do it because I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, it also helps if you have meetings during those things, then you yes. absolutely have to. Um, but the one thing I will say is that, yeah, I have to go outside more. So how do you stay on track? Typically I will write down on post-its things that I need to do. Uh, I used to use Asana at one point. Um, I have other friends that have used other other kinds of software for mm-hmm. for lists or yeah, you can use your your notes or you can use your uh, eye calendar. So like what are you using to keep yourself on task? So I have this um, I have an app. It's called Todoist. Um, it's uh, Todoist. Yeah. Uh, T-O-D-O-I-S-T. I'm writing um, this down. Yeah, it's very it's a very simple. App. Like all it is, is really just like uh, if you use like reminder on your um, iPhone, like it, in essence works the similar way. Um, uh-huh. But uh, it link it can link to certain things in your of your other apps. So it can link to your Gmail. It can link to uh, I can add it like there's also like a extension on your Gmail that lets you like, OK, I need to do this thing. And then you go in the to do is like extension on your Gmail and add to yeah. it. Um, I also have projects through Tri- uh, Trilo, which we don't have to go into, but like that's how I use it. Oh, yeah, 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 I've used that. I've used yeah. that. Uh-huh. And um, it, and it, you can track it using um, Todoist as well. So I use that typically, um, and it gives me reminders if things are coming up, and also gives me a list of my evergreens along with the things that I need to get done for the day. So that's typically how I use it. But honestly, Gmail's typically like I just have my emails that are starred, the other things I need to get back to, um, and then they get unstarred as they get accomplished um, as, as I keep going. Yeah. So what is it? Um, so, okay. So you, you keep track with lists. How do you not get distracted when you have to actually do the thing? So say you're writing, you need to write an act one and you're like, okay, my goal is to write five pages of an act one. How do you stay focused on doing that? I don't, Really, I, I, I really don't want to sound cocky saying this. I don't really struggle with um, the like, oh, I need to get act one done and peripherals. Like usually, again, like that's putting my phone on like focus mode just in case like because I will look on the phone if there's a buzz. Uh-huh. Um, but besides that, like usually like it's really solitude like within my room to like make sure I'm like focused on the task at hand and not getting distracted mm-hmm. um, and not looking at my email because I always have my email up and going like, okay, minimizing that window. Um, but I really don't struggle. I usually like once I have a task at hand, like I, I pretty much like pound at it until it gets finished. Um, and then after that, it gets the check mark on Todoist and it's like, okay, moving on to the next thing. Um, so I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have like some like beautiful key, but like for me, it's just like, oh, this needs to get done. It needs to get done. like a perfect example is the fellowships, um, yeah. that, uh, if, uh, 
based on when this podcast has come out, um, yes. we are talking just as yesterday, the Sundance application fit, uh, was due. And two yep. days before that, the NBC launch uh, application was due. Yes. And so for me, it was like, okay, I have a certain amount of time before I, like a week, I have a week to make sure that I have all my answers done. And so my brain goes, okay, you need to have, make sure all these questions are answered by this date. You have a certain amount of days so you can review them to make sure that they're good. Um, and then you have a certain amount of hours to submit it. So that way it's not like you're not submitting it at like 11.59 p.m. before the thing. So making sure yeah. that you're all the things, uh, your application's on point as you look at the rules. So for me, it really wasn't an issue. It was more like, um, oh no, my lunch ran like 30 minutes more. So I have less time. So that type of stuff happens. And that just means I have to hurry up on certain things. Yeah. But for the most part, it I don't usually, um, it, I, once I'm laser focused with certain things, especially as it gets close to the deadlines, um, if I have to clear my schedule on other things, then I will do it to make sure that those deadlines get hit. Yeah. The, wow. But you didn't clear this meeting. This is amazing. So I, I feel <laughs> really honored because this is crunch time. There are a lot of fellowships happening. What? Where else are you applying? Oh, my goodness. So I would say I'm kind of working on that plan again because okay. I uh, last week just won a uh, TV competition. So I congratulations. Thank you. And so like because of is that. Is this the ISA? ISA Action and Adventure. I won the uh, standard grand prize. Somebody else won the genre grand prize. I want to make sure that he gets a shout out too. But uh -huh. um, I, because of that, that kind of has shifted what the goals are for this year now. And so um, I would say like, it, typically I would say all the fellowships because I last year applied to 14 different fellowships. Um, uh. And yeah, it was the horrific experience, but I was glad I did it because that made with each fellowship that I did it, it made me a better writer as far as the essays were concerned. And so that's made awesome. me much more streamlined as to like what my voice is, what my story is, all that type of stuff. So it actually was really helpful. This year, the goal wasn't to apply to those same 14, but um, it, for generally it's going to probably be like the networks, like the ABCs, NBCs, Foxes, um, when I say ABC, Disney, um, Warner Brothers, yeah. um, uh, the, the typical ones, Hermanitas, Sundance. Um, and then I also did Circle of Confusion um, that was early in the year. But now... Um, one of my friends uh, did the program. She's really nice. happy with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, like I, I've heard that many people really enjoy uh, like really enjoyed that program. And yeah. but I think for now, after this victory, um, uh, winning the grand prize, I have to kind of reevaluate it because it goes, OK, well, this thing can kind of help me go further in certain other things. What are the important ones that I really want to really go for? And so that yeah. way I'm spending more time, less time on essays of project on uh, fellowships that I'm not like, that's not as important um, now that I have ISA. Um, mm -hmm. So I can focus on the other things that I, could, that I need to be doing. Yeah. Okay. So you're, what you're bringing up, I'm, I'm thinking the, the idea of choices. So I just want to quickly rattle off some keywords or phrases uh, that will probably crop, crop up in our chat because when in our pre-interview, I was taking notes and these are, these are words that I just want to say out loud because then we'll, they'll probably crop up in our conversation as, as we talk. So network across, but with efficiency choices. Mm -hmm. Uh, LinkedIn, cold <laughs> emails, mm -hmm. be undeniable, rules of the road, roadmap, as in roadmap writers, BIPOC winner. Mm -hmm. I also wrote ISA grand prize winner uh, 2022, which is what we just brought up. Discord mixers mm -hmm. and Emily Schmidt, who writes on <laughs> Ghost and was a, a past guest on my show. Yes. So these are words and phrases, names that will be popping up as we talk. Nice. So 
you know, you were talking about choices. So like you were talking about how now winning this grand prize could possibly set you on a particular path. Mm -hmm. And so, um, can you, do you feel comfortable talking about what that? Yeah, sure. So, uh, I can talk about like where I was previously. So previously, uh, after I was done with after party, um, the, the second season, which recently got renewed, which is amazing. So I'm glad that yeah. that season's coming out. Um, and so after that, my goal was like, okay, I need to take like a month or so, um, to kind of like clear out certain things. I had a mentorship with, uh, through roadmap writers, um, mm-hmm. had a mentorship with a verve agent, um, who was looking at my stuff to make sure like, okay, as a gatekeeper, is my material good enough? Like, is it like just on the cusp and not there yet or like or am i there it's just at this point it's just about like who likes that voice right and yeah. um is I was he very, ready he, right as i like to say uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah and i'm uh, very happy to say verb said i, I am ready um oh. or i should say that agent said not all of verb said it but like the one like agent. tiffany had is she ready like he ready <laughs> hashtag he ready uh-huh um and so which was really wonderful like i had three scripts that they read uh that uh, she read and she was like no these are these are solid um oh, that's and, awesome um and so at that point it was kind of that pivot of before just kind of like okay let's get to the next supporting job let's you know kind of keep working on like letting roadmap writers at the time because i'm a bipoc initiative um yeah. uh, selectee and so they've been sending my script out to managers um and then at that point in time coverfly uh and i were like coverfly was starting to get to know me a little bit more and ultimately they wanted to help as well um mm-hmm. and then the isa thing happened so for me beforehand it was just about like okay let's look for the next job but give me a month to like get my writing back down because it's been a bit uh let right. me get this one script done let me get these rewrites completed before these deadlines let me let me submit to these contests let me mm-hmm. look at the fellowships and see what specs that we do maybe i don't want to do specs this year yada 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 and then all these things happened and what happened in my head is like okay i think what would be best is if roadmap continues to work on the um managerial side like trying to help me get the reps that um uh that coverfly if they're going to help though okay so if romance got the managers then um coverfly let's focus on like any like executives or producers or um production companies or pods uh that would be that would be interested that you think would be interested in any of this yeah. um and then with isa it goes like okay well then since i have those two covering those things maybe isa um i don't know much about it because we haven't talked about it yet but my vision is like okay well then if they're going to help me in any way let's focus on the young adult stuff um because that's my specialty that's the thing i really want to do um mm-hmm. or go into so maybe they specifically like so so like young adult like sex. like the wonder years kind of thing wonder years like i say from tween to, like tween teen um college and post-college like just, like that whole it's the it's a very broad um so like disney term, freeform but. I would say Disney run. I yes, Disney like uh-huh. Disney Plus, like Disney Plus yeah. would be like um, closer to um, the type of stuff I would do. Disney okay. ru- runs slightly younger because they're more six to eleven, um, mm-hmm. while Nickelodeon's a little bit like old, just a smidge older than that. Um, okay. And so like Nickelodeon would be as young as I would go, and like CW would be generally speaking as old as I go. Oh, okay, so you would you would totally be applying to Nickelodeon writer mm-hmm. program. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh huh. Um, and so, yeah, so getting like those three to kind of focus on it, that then changes my priorities. Cause it's like, why I don't feel like I need to, my strengths now is not just the script. Now it is the network that I have used and have built over the last two years 
Mm-hmm. Now with this win, I need to adjust that strategy and try to use that strength to the best that I can, especially since that script now has heat. So now yeah. it's that pivot. Uh, and that's what I'm like speaking. When I speak, like I need to like, I'm in the middle of changing that now. Um, it is literally like trying to figure out like, okay, is this, do my strengths work more into like these emailing everybody, telling everybody, hey, I won this thing. I'm looking for these meetings, yada, yada, yada. Um, especially since that network is now grown to a certain extent, um, yeah. rather than just constantly submitting to competitions, contests and fellowships, especially since they are incredibly hard to win and incredibly hard to get into. Yeah, like, is those sure. efforts, is, is my efforts more fruitful elsewhere? Um, and so that's just where I'm at currently with it. This is amazing because like, what I get from you also is that there's a lot of like foresight, like you're, 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 you're kind of uh, the way you're looking at it. It's, you know, I, I'm wondering like, uh, does this person have a mentor that's, or like a, not a guidance counselor per se, but just somebody who's kind of helping you navigate or, or are you just like thinking about these things in the, the day that you, you know, in your, your daily routine where you're, you're at the computer, you're working, are you thinking all of these strategies in your mind? Are you like Littlefinger in uh, Game of Thrones, <laughs> constantly machinating, always, you know, Machiavellian, like, you know, just thinking about plans and strategies and 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 routes and pathways. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that way. I'm, I'm just like, okay, ISA, you want to help me? Thank you. And then like, I let them think, you know, whatever. And they're like, oh, don't do that. Wait, why'd you do whatever thing you just did? I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So, but you, you, you don't do that. Like you, you know, we're, like you seem like you kind of know stuff and you know what to do with the stuff. Well, I mean, I mean that, yeah. And part of that is, <laughs> I, 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 again, I, I really don't want to be bragging about it, but like, you know, I have experience. Like I've spent four years at MTV VH1 in the program department. I got uh-huh. two years as a, getting my MFA in producing at Chapman University. I spent a year at UTA under, uh, in the literary agent. And then I spent two and a half yes. years like writing and part of that writing and networking. And part of that was also like reading everything under the sun as much as I could um, about everything. What were you so, reading? Oh, goodness. Uh, I can talk about Stephen uh, King's On Writing, which was... Uh, oh, excellent amazing yes um one of my favorite books if if you're starting off as a writer uh, one of my favorite books that i always talk to people about is the hero succeeds by cam miller um i I think that is a a spectacular book because i think that um the first time you try to emulate somebody's voice should not be when you actually get your first job um in the room like that you need to practice writing specs um doesn't mean you have to do it all the time but like you need to learn how to do that and i think the best way to learn that is using the hero succeeds book by cam miller made my goodness it it just transformed it really made me into like a he's starting to write to oh the guy at the very least knows structure very well and knows how to emulate um voices but the best of their abilities oh um, i'm getting this book oh yeah no it's, it's great uh, i did not get paid for the for you know no that book. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's um, like you know you know the, again you know the stuff joe knows the stuff i, I try <laughs> again whatever I'm, you say i'm doing yeah. it <laughs> look i mean all it, all it is is like i mean i this is all it worked for me. Like, it is not for me to say, like, you know, everyone should follow this advice and then everyone will have blanket success. Like, it, that, that's just no, what has worked not. for me yes. uh, at, the, at this junction. And I think that part of that is also, like, a little bit also of, yeah, I can do this. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that I can achieve these goals. And it will take a time. It will take time. It will take patience. Um, yeah. But it is always about, like, um, this is kind of like what we talked about in the pre 
where mm-hmm. um, as a um, now that I am in charge of a, a resource called uh, the Discord that we talked about, um, yeah. WGA Discord Virtual Discord Mix. Mixers, one of our keywords. Okay, go. Yes. Um, so the WGA Virtual Mix, which I run with uh, Yelena War. Um, mm-hmm. When I say with, she's the one who founded it. It's really hers, but she's super nice to just say, like, you can say co run. Uh, <laughs> she's too nice to me. Um, but she, um, that we're together, we bring in writers. Uh, some of the, like, we bring in writers um, to chat about, like, how they got their start and how they get to the next level. And we have mixers every month. And so, like, mm-hmm. the one thing that I just always get from emerging writers is that they think that their goal um, as of as a merge writing is typically like I need to get reps, I need to get a manager, I need to get an agent, yeah. I need to get like something. And I think for me, like my goal was never the rep. It is something mm-hmm. that I would like, of course. Yeah, like of course, that's, yeah. that's everybody. But the goal was never get a rep because it feels to me when you say that it's like, okay, I get the rep, they get my they get my script, and then they do the work and they go out and they send it out. People will mm-hmm. want meetings with me. It'll be great. And that is that is part of it. But yeah. they not many people talk about the amount of work that you're doing now, the moment you get a rep, you have to do that work times 15. Like Mm -hmm. it is so much more rigorous once you get there because you're constantly putting out more work, um, constantly doing a lot of free work as well um, to kind of prove like, okay, you have to do the one pager, you have to do a pitch deck, um, or you have to have a whole written uh, uh, pitch um, ready. And you're doing all this stuff for free. Um, And generally speaking, it's just like so much, but people don't view it that way. They view it as like, but once they get the, once they have my thing, they just go and do their work. No, yeah, like no. the goal for you as a writer should be constantly working on sharpening your tools. And yes. the more you focus on that, the reps will come. And generally, when I say that, it's also in addition to working on your network, also making sure that you're um, getting the, um, expanding to more resources and stuff like that. So it's a whole encompassing thing. But number one is making sure you're becoming a better writer because you can get through to higher stuff without mm-hmm. being a great writer. You just need to know the right people. But then the moment you actually put pen to paper and then they realize, oh, he's not that great or she's not that great or, or they're not that great. Um, mm-hmm. Be able to get into the room as we talked about undeniability. Get into that yes. room. You are so prepared. That's why you read um, The Hero Succeeds because you're prepared to do specs. You're prepared to be able to emulate somebody's voice. Make sure you read all these other like like Wagner or um, I guess not everybody likes story, but like people like- Wagner? Um, Christopher Wagner and Bogler. I might be pronouncing that wrong. The, he, the oh. writer's journey, the writer's journey book. Um, I might be mispronouncing. Because I'm like Nietzsche. Like, am I reading <laughs> Nietzsche and and the composer Wagner? No, but, yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, my my bad. I think I would say the wrong last name, but um, he, I mean, uh, d- definitely in 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 you know, check out Wagner. But like, uh, I, I guess I, I he might be he might have Wagner? been a bigot. But let me, uh, let me make one hundred percent sure that I'm saying this name right because yeah. Yeah, Vogler. Uh, oh, Vogler. Yeah. Okay. Like Wagner. See, this is what happens when you're playing violin for so long. Like you just learn <laughs> all the composers and then. You yes. Get, that um, was also a keyword that I, I didn't put. But yes, violin. Violin is an, another keyword that I didn't I didn't mention. Okay. Yes. Uh, the writer's journey, Christopher Wagner. Vogler. My God. Vogler. Yes, that, yes. That's the. <laughs> I was like, let me check because I know it's not Wagner. <laughs> that's his yeah. composer. Um, but like um, getting the archetypes down um, and all sorts of stuff. So like, and obviously reading scripts and all sorts of stuff. Constantly work on the craft. Constantly get better at the craft. Make sure that you have your writers groups that are helping you improve. Because I got my writers group, and that was what uh, helped me improve um, on my game too. For sure, um, yeah. And like, just if you focus on that, and also on the side, like making sure that you're meeting more people, um, they will come because your work is going to be the merit enough. And then you also do that luck, which is the part of the networking part. 
Yeah. So I love that you mentioned uh, not seeking an agent or a manager. You know, one thing that came to mind is is just that, like, just when I was saying, like, oh, but Joe knows the stuff. An agent manager, you know, they know the stuff, and so then then that that's and and writing a lot of writing is is being alone. You're alone with your work, and so when you feel a little bit less alone, it feels really good, and you want that validation. Yeah. So I think that that's part of the the mm-hmm. the reasons why people want representation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it it can it can go even deeper than that, but like you know, I want to talk about your your agency experience because you worked as an assistant at United Talent Agency, which is a major world renowned agency, also known as UTA. Um, you know, working in an agency is like being at the center of a cyclone. It's, uh, it's just like, you have to have a very sturdy emotional wall. It's very demanding, very stressful, takes a lot of discipline, all of which, um, I'm sure listeners are, are sensing that Miss, Mr. Joe has, um, you have all of these, these attributes, but like, how has your agency experience helped you as a writer and then with networking? Um, and also, I want to be clear, like, if your goal is to be, get a manager, like, that's an okay goal. It's just that that shouldn't yeah, be the sure. main goal. That's all, yeah, that's no. all I'm trying to emphasize. It's, a, like, it's an aspect. I mean, yeah. it's something that, and, and Amy Aniobi has told me that as well. Um, mm-hmm, I'm in mm-hmm. her mentoring program, but but uh, is that the the those people, agents, managers, they will find you. You have to be writing. Yeah, you have to be writing. You have to be ready. Yes. Um, and it is, it is more in the sense of most of the time, it, most of the time that I talk to people, they're like, I have my one script, I'm ready. It's like, oh, 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 you poor soul. Uh, <laughs> you need, you need, you need more. And that, that's all I mean by that. Obviously, yeah. if you are ready and you want and you're like, I think I'm ready for a rep, then obviously go get the rep. Um, if you have that uh, ability to, it's just more in a sense of making sure that that is not the only goal you have. Like the goal should, it should never be find a manager. And then also, you know, once in a while, write. No, it should be constantly, it's writing as often as you can. Yeah. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a person who goes like write every day. Um, like I don't write every day. Um, oh, oh no, 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 no. Oh, wow. uh, I, I make sure that I write <laughs> what will happen is that I will write and I'll write in sprints. Um, uh-huh. and I will write, I very like, I would say decently often, but, um, you don't, I, I don't believe in the adage of, uh, you have to write every single day. Cause that is how burnout happens. Um, yes. that is when you're also putting a lot more stress on yourself. And also that is ignoring a lot of other obligations, unless you're like, if you're writing like, 15 minutes, 30 minutes every day, then I think you're fine. But um, I, I just really, truly believe that like you write when you're ready to write because when you are not writing, you are still writing. Um, and so I personally believe that. So anyway, and look, I say that and I've written again, I, I feel like I always have to put the caveat like I'm not bragging because I always <laughs> feel like I really don't like to come off as bragging with these but things. But you know what Robin Beatty said, brag. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. It was, that was like a headline well, in yeah. Pop Sugar or something. Yeah, no, Robin yeah, yeah, Beatty right. colon brag on yourself brag on yourself yeah but like like i'll say like i said all that and like over a pandemic i would say from july 2 2020 until uh today i've written seven scripts so it's not like you know i'm you know like i'm not writing every day but i still got that stuff and there are people who have done even more than me and so like uh it is i'm not saying you know don't write i'm saying like your priority should be writing and getting better over the rep that's all i was trying to say yeah Um, of course Pivoting back to your question about uh, UTA, um, mm-hmm. the um, the stuff that I learned from there, uh, uh, for, just re- uh, rehash, like I was an assistant for two TV lit- uh, agents over at UTA. Um, and I think the thing that I learned 
from there, especially is uh, one of the agents is incredibly great at generating heat. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the great things about uh, how he would be able to do that is that like, obviously you would talk to general, like you get general, uh, general meetings for all these clients. Um, and then once those general meetings would like slowly come to an end, he would feel like there would at least, at least be one person who was like, we were interested in a pitch. And then the moment that happens, he is right back with all those people who just had generals going like, hey, um, such and such thinking is thinking of um doing a, a a pitch meeting. Would you want in? And like then you get one, then you go like, hey, I have company one and a company two who want to pitch. You want in? And then that becomes the frenzy. And now you got now suddenly you have twenty people who want pitch meetings with them. And then by the end of it, you maybe have like three or four. Uh, I, I, we've had two, we've had four people who have yeah. uh, or even more who are competing for this thing. Um, giving offers. Um, so one of the things I really learned about, uh, especially mm -hmm. through him. Um, besides like the cliche, like, you know, learning about deals, even though I had learned that kind of at Chapman a bit as mm -hmm. a, uh, in the producing program, um, one of the most invaluable things that I definitely did learn is like, oh, this is how you generate heat. This is how you stay on top of making sure that you are, when you have something that's good that's happening, don't just sit on it. Don't just be like, oh yeah, this is nice. Okay, moving on to the next thing. Like, that's exactly what I'm doing now with the win with ISA, mm -hmm. trying to figure out like, okay, where does that strength help you to go to that next step, to that next step? Yeah. Up? How do you generate heat? Yeah, like I, that, I, I, that's, that's yeah. the goal, right? Right. I mean, uh, to the best of your abilities, like, because uh, then at the end of the day, even if nothing comes of it, you've done all that you can. Um, yeah. a, a lesser example, at least for me personally, is like there was a moment in time when um, I put out like my resume on Twitter. It was like, hey, these are the things that uh, I'm, I'm ready to get into a, um, a staffing, or not staffing position, like a... Um, Oh man, the the term is just totally left my hand. Uh, supporting staff. Um, I'm, open, yeah. I'm open for supporting staff um, roles. Um, and that spun off like really, really fast. So I used that opportunity to go like, oh yeah, like for these type of things, like here's like the link to these things to make sure like you understand like I'm not just like making this stuff up. Like I'm actually really good at these certain things. Like making. I'm a sure real person. I'm, I'm a yeah. real boy. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, you. And yeah. just like you know, kind of following up to make sure like okay, and then that in itself, and also making sure that you. Thank every single person because while I am also being genuine about it on a Twitter sense, it makes it makes it, it expands your reach because then the people who are following that person see they reply to a thing. Joe Mwamba said thank you. What are they talking about? And that links you back because if they just say thank you, it is that helpful. But when you get that extension of the two, it does out help you reach a bit so it's like it's also about strategy and trying to get on top of the heat so that it can expand as much as it possibly can um so more people can see it and then more people give you opportunities um mm -hmm. i and so yeah it's like that's like trying to generate heat in that type of way and again that's just one aspect of it that shouldn't be the only aspect um that you should use um but that's one of the things i definitely learned at uta also caring about the clients like the clients were just how much they they we just had a really, really, really wonderful relationship. Um, mm -hmm. And that was honestly like one of the main reasons like I stayed as long as I did at UTA um, was because like, it was almost like when any day I was like, oh God, this is because I'm on a double desk at, at yeah. an agency. So it was it's, like, oh, it's God. really rough. Um, yeah. It was hard. And, um, but the each, thing that each kept agent was, could have maybe like 20 or so writers mm -hmm. under their, under their uh, roster. Right. Or it um, could be so, even more. It was actually, I would say, uh, director of producers because at the time there were no mm -hmm. writers on the oh. uh, because of the um, 
because of the all the writers fired fired their agents. Oh, this uh, so you were there in the conflict the yep. conflict time. Okay, exactly. and so we only had um, so it was mainly directors, producers, and non WGA writers. So we still had non WGA writers that we did like we had a, we did amazing work with them. One of them ended up on one of the shows, Girls on the Bus, um, that is now going to be on oh, HBO wow. Max. We had another one. We have somebody who um was on the Mr. and Mrs. Smith uh, show, and then we had another one who actually wrote on um Arcane. On um, the show that Ooh, uh, on Netflix, on Netflix, yeah, and so like that's we, awesome. They we uh, people worked on uh, um, on Snapchat shows. Some people worked on um, Quibi. People were working. We, yes. <laughs> so it wasn't like we they like all of them disappeared. Like we we they, they all got jobs. Uh, but like I would say, also on the flip side, it was also producers and directors. But like of those people, like yeah, it was very clearly over twenty. And once the writers did come back, um, it, it's even more so. And now along with that, my agents are cover agents, which means that. Um, they're not just agents that have a, cli- uh, a uh, they're not just agents that have clients. They also are in charge of um, if Netflix says, "Hey, we're looking for writers for this specific shit." Like, let's say uh, Baby's Service Club. My my agents in charge of accumulating all the submissions of all the writers of their bios and their uh, list. Oh saying, wow! Hey, uh, UTA TV lit people. Netflix is looking for this. Give me all the clients you got. And so they would say. So then the assistants, would, uh, the agent would go like, "Here are the people we want." The assistants would then get their bios and scripts and get send them to me to them for me to create that submission um, email with all the attachments of the scripts with the bios and all of them and submit them back to Netflix who request it. So wow. It so in that instance, that. in that instance, that's interesting. In that instance, is it that uh, these are all writers under the UTA umbrella, yes. or, or are they also so they're not from like other agencies? Mm-mm. Like no. it's only it's only that. So that's interesting. So yeah. like if you are uh, whatever screenwriter um, being represented by, I don't know, artists first or whatever, um, you might not get that particular job because UTA is managing the, the, writers, the writers that are hired. I would say like, but Netflix isn't just sending it to us. They're sending it to all the agencies. And so like, no, there's this, somebody- this, at, this happens, yeah. Yeah, like, so like for the, there's a covering agent for Netflix for at CAA, at WME, at ICM, like, and I'm sure some of the managements too, um, just in case like they have clients that aren't. So like, it's not just exclusively like Netflix comes just to UTA for things. Oh, it's no, just that, I, like, yeah. yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't mean to imply that. It was, yeah. uh, I just found it interesting that uh, in general, how agencies work with say like networks is it is it like okay yeah i'll work with you on this show but it has to be people in from my company i i that's what i was wanting to understand i mean that makes sense because like at the end of the day uta their job uh, their job is to make sure that your career is good but their number one job is you know not speaking just uta but like generally anybody is get that 10 percent Make sure that yeah. you're getting, um, make sure you're getting hired, and they're not going to times ten yeah, times if it's 10. like ten writers. Yeah, and so like their job is not to like, oh, let's help CAA with this other client. We believe in them, but they're up by CAA. But we think you're good. That CAA will do that on their own. Um, yeah, UTA is just like their specific TV lit clients, and then um, sometimes it will like extend out. Like if uh, Netflix says like, oh, we're open to more than just TV clients, and then the movie, the MP lit people may have a voice, or the playwright people may have a voice, or the talent people may have a voice like it really depends um on um what they're looking for specifically okay that's that's really interesting so like you were talking about not writing every day don't write every day i i i do get into that where there are times where i'm writing every day and then i do get that sort of like burnout feeling um Mm -hmm. so i that's interesting that you were saying that if you looked at your career like a pie chart what's the percentage of the pie that's devoted to networking? Um, What does that look like for you on a daily basis? Like networking and then writing, 
reading? Like, how do you divvy up your your day? Um, on an average day, that's such a good question. I've never thought of it that way. Um, this is what I'll say when uh, because it, it's shifted. So when I was from two thousand and two thousand and one, I would say my pie was pretty evenly split. Like I did dedicate a little bit closer to writing every day. I always write from mm-hmm. nine a.m. to eleven am and then mm-hmm. after that uh, after that like it was whatever meetings i had afterwards um so i dedicated more to that um because i looked at it as like uh as an unemployed person then you're getting kind of paid through the government too because you didn't want COVID to be crazy so everybody stay home we'll pay you um i looked uh-huh. at it as joe biden's paying me to write like that's how i looked at it so i took it as a job <laughs> so from 9 to 11 i wrote and then from hey, 11 joe to 11, you know from a fellow joe you know why don't you yeah, write exactly me, write exactly. me a good good dramedy uh-huh. Uh, of course, of course, uh, because, you know, he needs no one. malarkey. Yeah, no uh-huh. malarkey. Um, and so he, uh, not he, my bad, uh, for, for um, the, um, so from 9 to 11, I wrote, and then from 11 yeah. on, I would either keep writing or I would just make sure I had a uh, meeting, and then at 7 p.m., I always stopped. Because uh, I think it's also mental health, like making sure that you're doing other things, such as like whether you're watching shows or like whatever you find that relaxes you and or socially, making sure that it's important that you keep those uh, those things up uh, as you yeah. go. So you need to have a start and an end. So I would say probably beginning um, off, I probably had like my networking was about like, uh, I would say 35%. And then my writing was closer to it can it can really go from 30 to 40 45 percent um yeah. but then everything else in between uh, like the social um i'm not including sleep because you should always i always i always made sure i would get seven hours of sleep no matter what um some nights some nights it would be like i'm allowed to like not have seven hours i'd say for two nights in a row only but the third night i have to get seven because then i'm not efficient anymore um and you know the worst thing i want to be doing is wasting time and making mistakes yes. and so um, I always make sure I get stuff. And so sleep has not been the problem. Um, but I would say now, and I would even say this is much higher than I would specifically like. I think my networking is probably getting hitting like 70% now. Uh, my writing hitting closer to 20. But that is because, because you are hashtag he ready. So yeah. now you, you got to be networking all of the you know scripts that you've been writing and, and right. generating all the work that you've been right. doing, right. all the hard work. It has to go somewhere. So you need to network. Uh, but even I would say but even mm-hmm. I would say that's too high. Um, I need to bring that back down because while by 65, 70% of networking or what I'd like rather say, like building relationships with people or going back to making sure I'm, I'm building those relationships with people. Yeah. Um, so how much, when's the writing? Well, the writing is 20%. So where's the social? Where's that? Um, where's the things that are done? What, where are the moments where I have time for me and have time to like see the friends that like, and I have not, like, I have been failing on that regard. Like, I have not seen friends in a very long time. I have not celebrated my win um, because I've just been so swamped with everything that's going on. So, uh, which is not healthy. That is not what you need to be doing. So, like, for me, it was just like, okay, I only need to do this until I'm done with the fellowships. And then I get back to bringing about networking, maybe down to, like, 55% keep my writing, keep it 25 to 30%. And then everything else goes back to the 20. Um, and so it was, you know, it's nice to be able to go like, okay, yeah, I need to, it's good that uh, you asked this question. Cause like, it's like, I have felt like it's been failing, but now dividing it up the way you just like, yeah, no, like I am trying to scale back. And it is because I felt like I was networking, like the networking stuff was a bit too hard. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we were talking the other day about tick, tick, boom, 
Andrew Garfield, he's become like my actor crush lately since the latest Spider-Man came out. I've been seeing him differently lately. In Tick, Tick, Boom, the character Jonathan, who's also based on the real life Jonathan Larson, uh, seems to be always worried about making the wrong career choices, which I definitely can relate to. And we're talking a lot about choices and efficiency. Um, the There's a a rap, it might have been the rapper, or it might have been like the tagline for like Hot 97 in New York, the radio station mm-hmm. is, um, you know, make your next move your best move. And mm-hmm. so, you know, how important are choices uh, to you? And then, like, you know, what guides your choices? Ooh. Um, I think that that's <laughs> a good question. Because uh, it's just, just, just such, like, I look back at the choices I've made in my career, like, um, you know, I, I chose to go to New York and work for MTV VH1 in their development, uh, sorry, in their programming department. Yeah. Um, because it got me close to development and got me close to things. But like, ultimately at the time, I wanted to be a development exec. And now going back, it's just like, oh man, I'm so glad that happened. But at the same time, like somebody could have easily seen that as somebody who was going to be a writer and go like, that's a bad life choice. You're not going into writing. Why are you going in that direction? Yeah, you should be or, writing. Oh, why, why are you trying to do corporate stuff? Right. Or when I chose after that to go to get my MFA in producing, they do have a writing program. So so somebody could go like, why are you going into the producing and not the writing program? If you want to write, that doesn't make sense. And mm-hmm. I think that like for me, it has always just been, um, as far as choices are concerned, I just like, I guess I've always been tactical about like the type of, as you can have heard of before, of everything I've said, I'm pretty tactical about the things that I do because I always think like, okay, what's the thing I can, and this is not to be offensive in any type of way, but I can learn writing. I can read books. I can watch videos. I can do, watch movies. I can, uh, there's there's a way that you can do it as long as you have mm-hmm. a dedicated amount of time to make sure that you can write. Um, yeah. So I can do that. What's the things that I can't do on my own that I need help on? And part of that is there's in, invaluable is work experiences in as a development person or mm-hmm. as a programming person. Understand what the networks are actually looking for and what they want, how they how they acquire things, like what goes into the decisions for that. Um, that and at MTV, VH1 at the time, VH1 was the only one of three networks that were actually improving ratings when everybody else was getting cord cut up the Mizzou. Uh, VH1 was one of three to be the, it was 20 all those reality shows. Those reality shows, but the way that they did it was super smart because at the time we were doing originals um uh, uh or sorry mtv was doing a um uh scripted and they looked at it and was like why are we doing this so they cut back on that they went back to the drawing board they went like our acquisitions are also not working how do we how do we actually help the people who are watching our stuff instead of us trying to turn it into a thing that it's not and that started with acquisitions first and then based on those acquisitions, then you came up with the franchising. So it wasn't just love and hip hop. And we did have two love and hip hops, but like, they were like, that's great. We have two love and hip hops. We need more things. And they're like, no, 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 no. We need to double down on it. We need to go to love and hip hop the, the, at the time, New York. And then we need to do, uh, and at the time we also had Hollywood, but then we do need the one that's Miami. We do need the one that's Atlanta. Like we need to have more um, yeah. of the franchise. And then basketball like, wives basketball came. Basketball wives and that expanded. <laughs> and then you have uh, Blacking Crew and then that expanded. Um, and so you, like it became that. And then next thing you know, they go, VH1's really popping right now. Let's move RuPaul over. Yep, yeah. And that's when you have your- That's how I'm watching my RuPaul right now, VH1. And since then, RuPaul has won awards, has been much more known, yes. and no shade to Logo. Like, I feel horrific for Logo because they're the yeah. ones that, like, started the whole thing. Right. Uh, and we kind of just took their baby. And uh, when that day happened, it was incredibly sad for that. I really did feel bad. But it is on such a bigger scale now. 
um, that much more people Were you know there? About. Were you there when that mm-hmm. happened? Mm-hmm. No, like I, I, a lot of friends were crying. Like it was a very, really emotional because that is something that, th- that is them. Like that is what Lobo's thing was. And I felt, we all felt horrible. Like we, we understood where the big plan was for it and it, it succeeded. Like they succeeded in what they were trying to do with it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that like that takes away all the hard work that Logo did um, trying to make it as big as it possibly can be and having the success of that, that little success thing moves on. It's almost like with Crackle when you have um, co- uh, uh, comedians in the car getting coffee. That's really the only thing that Crackle had. And then Netflix takes it. And then what else does Crackle have? Like, I would imagine yeah. that was an emotional day for Crackle. Or if you're talking about YouTube, how Cobra Kai was like the biggest thing for them. Yes. And then it moved to Netflix. And now, like, granted, YouTube decided to leave the game. But like, I imagine those people who work so hard. But that to make that it fucked them up, though, because they haven't been make they haven't made a show since. Well, like, I mean, after Cobra Kai. Part of that well, is because they, they did choose to pivot away from original so like that was so they part say of it. so they say um look Susan Phillips <laughs> was there. Look, uh-huh. she was there well past then so like at, i think at some point youtube went like we're gonna just focus on our people as opposed to and, and credit when credit is due but um yeah so all of that stuff is just to say that um learning that was invaluable because it taught me like okay this is the type of way that we think as networks or how they think um uh in the development side and then me going to chapman um, I decided not to do the writing thing because of what I just said, but like, I mm-hmm. also, it's like, what's another thing that you don't normally, like, you can't just read about, you have to experience it. And that's producing, um, enable for you to be a good producer. You can't read about it. You have to go and do it. Um, that's why I did the YouTube channel. Um, please don't look it up. It's horrible, but like, it, it's not, I loved every moment of it. I loved everybody that worked on it and it's, it's such an important part of my heart, but it's so bad. Um, but like I learned how to produce and learned how to be a leader and learned how to deal with people. And yeah. from there went to Chapman, got a scholarship, because of that, got a scholarship that went to Chapman and then i did five short films um learning how to produce in that way so in essence i've really had four years of producing under my belt and also Mm -hmm. knowing how to budget and stuff like that so being able to write a script and know like oh yeah this is where the budgetary stuff is for this this is too expensive or being able to say like why do i need to have the scene in this room we only are in this room once and then taking it out or putting it in a different room that we're using it so it makes more sense that when somebody reads it they go like oh this is ready because this person not only knows how to write but they also know how to use the space um and not just have random rooms that people are walking into all the time so that all those things those choices me making sure i was good with the industry good with the um uh with the business good with the producing and then going to an agency and understanding how everything is done like getting the overall view of everything kind Uh of just mirage everything together for me to be able to be such a better writer um and now i just took two years Instead of seeing, it was good not to go to Chapman for writing because I had two years to work on the writing. Um, yeah. And so, uh, luck, part of that is, you know, a very unfortunate thing that our country had to yeah. go through. Thanks, coronavirus. Yeah. Um, it, so, it is not, it is a very unfortunate situation. Yes. Um, yeah. But because of that, I was able to have the two years to make sure I was getting my samples ready. And now I'm here. And I think that because of the experiences I've had, like all those choices that I made, led me to where I am now as an efficient writer. So all these choices, what what do you, and, and then I, I also was uh, wanting to ask you, like, do you think in, in like quarters or, or years or months, like where you want to be um, in, in these, you know, timeframes? Like, do you, do you think, do you think that way? Or do you just, um, you know, you have your lists, you have your plans, but are you thinking broadly are you thinking like in the future 
Yeah, uh, I definitely have like, uh, I won't say them, but like I do have the five, 10, 15 year plans, but I would also say they're very, I rather view them very loosely Okay. because I do have the goals that I want to get for the five. But like at the end of the day for me, I'm like, well, then if I, the problem I have with it is that uh, if you get there early, if you're like, okay, I'm two years in and then I'm really close to that five year goal. So now I have three years to get there it's good. And I know people like, you know, changing the goalposts, but for me, I view them very loosely because I think the goalpost for me is the more efficient thing is having the goalposts immediately in front of me as like, what's the very next thing I need to make sure that I'm doing. And I need to go to that goal and then get to the next one. So I have the goalposts that I want to hit. Um, as far as timeline for it, I have a very loose idea of where I want to be in those times. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't like the, I, I typically don't like the five-year thing because the five-year thing is like, it, we were always going to be five years away from a thing, right? Yeah. And so that's why to be, I'm like ugh, saying something like, oh, when somebody asks me, what are you going to be in five years? I'm like, well, two years ago, I said in five years, I would do this. I'd much prefer that conversation as opposed to, oh yeah, in five years, because that to me always feels like you're moving the goalpost every time. Um, as opposed to what's the goalpost? I'd rather hear like, what's the goalpost now? What's the thing right. that you are going for right now? And what are your next two goalposts after that? And like, then that tells me more specifically, like, okay, you really have a good idea. Either you have a really good idea of, where, of how the industry works, where you're trying to go to and have an idea of what you want to do. And also if you have that third goalpost and you already, and you know exactly the things you need to do to get there, great, you're primo, you're ready to go. But if you have three goalposts down, you're like, ah, get there i'm not really sure that's where you need to like okay maybe you need to like actually do a little bit more work to make sure that you know what things you need to do to get there um because i can say in 15 years i want to be a showrunner cool but like i like what do you need to do to get there it's just kind of like you're it's not immediately in front of me so for right now i want to focus on that and go for that 100 percent and really be efficient in that and that's not to say you shouldn't have goals for that you should i just say like for me it's just it's loose um, type of thinking for me. But but the focus is on the present and you have an idea of what you would like to see in the future, but the the you, you, ultimately you have to go back to the present. What, mm-hmm. what are you doing right now? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, totally different than Tick, Tick, Boom, but about uh, New York City and like social maneuvering is the Gilded Age. <laughs> I don't know if you oh watched goodness. it at all on HBO. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. Um, so a writer named Dan Hernandez, really hilarious on Twitter, he wrote, you know, I love the Gilded Age because the stakes are so low. Nathan Lane is coming to dinner and it must be a success. Three episode arc. Um, so I, I love that. I, I love the show. I eat it up. Um, I'm like, what's going to happen to Bannister? Aunt Agnes is so mad at him. Um, but, you know, so I'm really into it. It's a hot mess. It's beautiful. Um, it's a great distraction from what's happening right now. But there's mm-hmm. a moment in this week's episode uh, with the, it, it had to do with electricity and all the lights are on at the New York Times building and everyone's there. Okay. Um, when Carrie Coon says to Nathan Lane, must everything in life pose a challenge? And then Nathan Lane says, anything worth having. So, you know, there's so many roadblocks and challenges in making it in this industry uh, mm-hmm. You were talking about focusing on the present, but, you know, what keeps you on your goals? Um, you know, you were talking about the present, but like having like loose ideas of the future. What keeps you grounded? That's a very good question. Um, I come from a family 
um, of immigrants. My mom is from Barbados, born and raised, and my mm -hmm. dad is born from Congo, born and raised. Oh, wow. um, and so they came to America. Um, like they, they're very highly educated. They have multiple degrees. It's almost disgusting. Uh, mm -hmm. And they and they met in college and they, I mean, all the thing. And oh, so like, so them, gross. It's so gross. <laughs> I'm just like, God, can you guys shameful. Be, gosh, whatever. It's fine. I, I, I love them very dearly. I love them very, very, but like for them, they've worked their asses off for where they got to as far as their education and yeah. they don't and well and i will say now they have a lot to show for it when they were when they had us um me my brother and my sister mm -hmm. um it they were it was a lot harder because it's just like you know minorities trying to move their way up in a very what well, i'll say conservative state of indiana yeah um, indiana and, yeah, yeah and and look i love indiana that's my home i, I will i will do not attack it because I I have the right to attack it. Don't attack. Indianapolis has like, amazing parks. Yeah. I I really love that. Okay. <laughs> nice. um, we have problems, but like uh, that's still my home state. But like, um, but it was very hard for them to raise up. Like my mom is a very highly educated person, and they and it was hard. And my dad uh, uh, um, on the finance side, very very highly educated, incredibly smart person. Mm -hmm. It was a struggle for them to get promoted to anything. Yeah. Um, just because of um, all the things. Uh, well, I'll say work discrimination because I personally dealt with work discrimination when I was in Indiana. So mm -hmm. um, I, so they, from a very young age, just really drilled in front of, like really drilled that laziness was not acceptable. Mm -hmm. um, like we either have to be um, doing homework, working ahead in homework, reading, um, learning more about a thing. We, they always sent us to summer school, not because we ever needed to do summer school, but because they were like, you're going to get ahead on things because you're going to be at the top of the you're going to be on top of your classes on top of everything you're going to get for for us and i'm not trying to say like my experience is any different from any other minority story because they all tend to be the same um yeah. parents who really like pushed their children to really do well but that really like being able to them pushing me doing that like uh a perfect example is my church said hey um can joe just like read the last part of the i have a dream speech for martin luther king and my parents were like um He's going to do you better. He's going to memorize the entire oh, speech. Oh. <laughs> and I literally look at them at this, like, as this nine-year-old kid going like, are you insane? Guess what? Did the entire speech by memorization. Wow. I legitimately, at that time, doubted myself and said, like, I cannot do a thing. And then I did it. So then that made me realize, oh, so if I can do that, could I do this other thing? So I memorized Next year, uh, I've been to the mountain tower, Martin Luther King's last speech before he gets assassinated. Memorized that from memory. Did it. Totally fine. My uh, my parents said I couldn't have a sports magazine. I go, okay, I'll create my own. Created my own sports magazine um, with uh, back in elementary school on my wow. own. Wow. Um, the in high school, um, I was trying to find jobs where I was doing media, getting media stuff. Uh, working at like a media company, like a studio, they would not yeah. accept me. So I go, okay, I'll create my own. Created my own internet radio station where I was able to give six kids yes. a job so that they yes. can um, in media, so that that way they can have something in their like. I, I know I'm bringing up a bunch of this in high school instead of later, but like you're trying to prove my point. Like my point being no, is that like is, it has been. These this is your foundation. Things, yeah, it's uh -huh. the foundation of like me being able to realize like there is there are things that are insurmountable. That, 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 that that's just life. But like at the end of the day, just because you aim for the stars and you miss doesn't mean that you hit the, doesn't mean that you don't hit the moon. You're still mm -hmm. moving the ball forward constantly. And so for me, when I get challenges that just that are too insurmountable at the time for me, I just go, go just push the. Ball. It's almost like from football. You just even if the defense is so hard. It's so difficult to get through. 
if the first play you if the first uh, series you only get three yards, the next series you get four, the next series get five, the next series get six, and every time you fail, you just go, okay, we're gonna try to get six again. And it's just that for me in my brain, it's just like that tenacity to just constantly get better and sharpen the skills, and ultimately you will get there. Because this is a skill that can be learned, that you can get better at, that you can succeed in. The industry is hard. That yeah. I'll grant you. Like that's that's luck. That's like who it's not about who you know, it's about who knows you. Um, there's a lot of aspects of it. But again, that goes back to the part of being undeniable. And I can I can work on that. I can improve on that. So for me, challenges is like you get disappointed, there'll be rejections, but at the end of the day, that's just another person you get to prove wrong later. And wow. Um, yeah. for me, it just goes like, yeah, okay. Take the 10, five minutes that it's going to be like, be disappointed. That's part of the emotional thing that you need to go through. But then, uh, as uh, my favorite show in the world is, uh, West Wing. Um, and one of my favorite lines, simplest thing, President Bartlett, every time he's ready to move on to the next thing, he goes, mm-hmm. okay, what's next? And that's my mentality. It's just like, all right, let's move on to the next thing. Let's go. And, um, that goes back to our tick, tick, boom conversation. It's like, you don't have time to waste. You never know when it's your time. And so are you, when it's, when your time is up or have, will you be able to say like, you've done everything possible to get to where you want to go. And if that, and right now my answer is yes. If I drop tomorrow, my answer is yes. I've done everything I can do and I will be fine. I obviously do not want to die, but like, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, (laughs) Please God. Yeah. Please like, yeah. Knocking on wood right now. Um, but like, yeah, it's just like how. It just comes uh-huh. back to how bad do you want it? How bad do you love this thing? And and I know there are so many people who do not have the same circumstances that I do um, that are struggling a lot more than I do. Um, and so it's easier for me to say as opposed to them. So I, I acknowledge that and I hear that. Um, like I can take a month to, to work on my writing. There's so many people who cannot do that. Um, but that's why I always say like, it's not about you trying to do exactly what I'm doing. It's you looking at their challenges now and just going, can I get three yards? And then if I can't hit three yards, just try it again next time. And eventually you hit, will hit three yards. You will mm-hmm. eventually, it will happen. And it doesn't have to be today. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. It doesn't have to be this year. It doesn't have to be next year. But if you keep pushing at it, you will get the three and then you'll get the four and then you'll get the five. And all those things will start becoming easier because you just kept going at it. My favorite, um, sorry, I'm just rambling now, but like- This is what, awesome. This, this, this is, is the last amazing. thing I'll say. This is the last thing I'll say on this. Um, yes. My favorite, favorite, favorite video um, is um, Ira Glass. Uh, it's not a video. It's more of an audio of him speaking. But Ira Glass. American um, Life? This, this American Life. Um, he uh-huh. talks, uh, there's a, a part where he talks about, um, he wishes that somebody told him when he started off um, that his, he he has, a gr- he knew that he had great taste. He knows what good is. But when he started oh, off. Oh, I know it's, okay, yeah, yes, go, When he go, started uh-huh. off, like a mm-hmm. lot of people would start off and then they would give up because their taste did not match what their talent was. Yeah. But if he wishes somebody would have told him, just like keep, working at it because eventually that gap between them will slowly get smaller and then eventually you will get to a point where you go like you will even realize oh this is good i'm good yeah look at me coming up with something that was really good and ultimately you just keep working at it and your taste will match and that's the thing i always try to tell writers like even if you don't think it's good keep working at it because you will get there um, just don't give up on it. And it doesn't mean that you have to write every day to get there. It doesn't mean that you have to um, constantly be having seven meetings a day just because you're like worried about certain things. It's just like, go at your pace, go at the, just for yourself, find the things, find the goals and just keep working at it. You don't need to exhaust yourself. Your mental health is super important, but if you have the determination, you can do it. Yes. 
This is incredible. Um, I mean, I have so much that I want to ask you, um, but I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. And I wanted to play a game, but like just really quick, I, you know, I, I loved when we talked about your writer's PA position at the after party, you mm -hmm. know, you were also managing two offices. So similar to your mm -hmm. um, job at ETA, mm -hmm. um, for those of you that don't know, writer's production assistant helps an office run smoothly. You know, there's uh, typically a collection of odd errands, but there's a lot of upward mobility. So it's really important to show that you're down to do whatever to keep the, the room running smoothly. Um, I loved your interview story. Uh, so I'd love to talk about that. Yeah. You know, finding the job, um, meeting with one of the showrunners, Anthony King, who I, I later realized is married to Kate Spencer. She's mm -hmm. a co-host of uh, Forever 35 podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so you hit him with a deep cut in your interview. So like, can you talk about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so he's I, a UCB guy also. Yes, yes, he is. Um, he yeah. actually scheduled. Uh, it's so funny because he talks. He he does have stories um, about like um, these big people that are like in the industry. And he goes like, "Oh yeah, I scheduled that person for this class." Like <laughs> it was just so like cool. Um, and telling the stories of like how many people he knows just because like they all took a course or they all took um, um did a did a show um yeah. through him. So he so anyway. Uh, long story short, the um, I was when I was up for the job. Um, I obviously like learned I was going to interview with Anthony King, so I looked up the research, and he did. He's done so many great shows. Like he he was a showrunner for uh, for Woke, and is currently um the you know, doing the production for um the play, uh, doing Beetlejuice the play um currently right now as well on Broadway. And, on Broadway, yeah. Uh, oh my I goodness. believe it's on Broadway. Uh, uh -huh. Please don't quote me. I, I believe it's on Broadway, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah. But uh, he, but so he's, but you look at his record, like the guy's insane. Like he's done so many great things. But mm -hmm. uh, I tend to try to find like a little bit of like for me for interviews, I always find a little thing that's different. I always find like, oh, that's a thing that like I know of. And because of my, I, I will say, encyclopedic knowledge of television, just I watch everything or as much as everything as I can. Um, mm -hmm his first show was a show called playing house on usa um which i'm sure no one listening to this podcast knows what that is but i do and so i was like oh yeah i gotta be that up so um when uh, um we i i knew it i did know it because i i did i never actually saw a show an episode but like mm -hmm. i knew it because of lennon parnum and yes. jessica st Clair. yes both ucb people yes um so yeah okay yes. so um yeah uh -huh. I, I guess I, I should correct that no one's watched the show uh, uh -huh. <laughs> <many> people, <laughs> i should say people in the cities have not the midwest watched it but like everybody else was like what? okay um but uh -huh. um so when we did the interview the very first thing he goes like hey how are you doing i'm, I'm doing fine before we start i just want to say that i am i'm just such a big fan i, I just i absolutely love playing house and the guy laughed so hard he just i don't because he wasn't expecting that like that yeah. is such a show that he's just a like yeah, uh -huh. yeah he's just like yeah you and like two like three people from the midwest i'm like well as somebody from the midwest you're welcome and yes because like, and that way yeah. you were able to tie in your personal your personal yeah. story mm -hmm. yep and it's like and they laughed again and i think at that point like uh I, I won't say that i got the job then but i will say that um, from then on, the 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 interview was very smooth. Like we 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 really got along really well um, off of that. So um, that was my little tidbit of um, always. Somebody's gonna talk to like Jesse Armstrong and be like, "Oh man, I love Secession." Well, everybody loves Secession. Find the thing about Jesse that's a little bit different. Um, that will be like, "Hey, this thing that you did really made an impact on what I did." Because watching Playing House was like, 
that is honestly like uh, during the time of USA where characters were welcome, where you had yes. Psych, you had Monk, um, suits, you had starring suits, like you had Meghan Markle. Um, uh-huh. You had these characters that were just like the banter between them for me. Um, those USA shows, which is like, that was the type of stuff that I wanted to make. And so playing house, watching these two ladies just have that like type of rapport with each other was mm-hmm. absolutely the type of thing I wanted to do. So, and I told him that I was like, you know, uh, St. Clair and Lennon, like that was the type of thing that I wanted to create, um, that type of banter with these two characters. Um, and so, yeah, anyway, so that's, um, that was that story. Yeah. And, and another key word that I didn't mention, research, always do your research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, as part of that's part of being prepared. That's part of being ready. Is is uh, know who you're talking to and um, you know come correct. If you're not so, research, uh-huh. if you're not going to research for your interview, you're not going to research during your job, and nobody wants that. Like they want to make sure that you're going to do the work, and that's part of the work. Yeah. Okay. So thank you so much. Can we play a quick game? Yeah. Sure. Okay. So I want to just do a BuzzFeed quiz on you. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's, uh, which Andrew Garfield character are you? Okay. So, you know, everyone has an Andrew Garfield character because we were talking about Tick, Tick, Boom. That, you know, everyone has a character that personally matches their personality, that perfectly matches their personality. Um, you know, I want to know what's yours. I I forgot that he was in the social network and I guess yeah. um, his dialogue was uh, iconic, but I, I forgot. I forgot his character. Yeah, uh, I guess that's kind of the whole point of that film, isn't it? <laughs> Don't forget it was, about Dre. I, Don't well, forget yes. about Dre, Colette. I mean, I just all I can all I can think about is Justin Timberlake. That's that's the only that's person the that very comes to mind. point of the film. You only remember Nate Parker, but nobody remembers the actual guy who helped him. Cre- like that's exactly yeah. what you fell into the trap, man. You fell wow, into the I, trap. I did, I did, yeah. I did. Ugh, Aaron oh, yeah. Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin's listening. Computer. Yeah, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin's listening right now. He's like, get it together. <laughs> anyway, okay. Pick a superhero to get you out of trouble. Spider-Man, Captain America, The Flash, Iron Man, Superman, Captain Marvel, Black Widow, or The Hulk. Okay, the fact that none of those answers are Batman is an absolute tragedy. Oh, so you're a DC person. Oh, hands down all day, every day, (laughs) DC. Well, Superman, Superman's here. Yeah, but like... Like a real DC character. I mean, he... (laughs) 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 No shades of super... Oh, in the Flash. Yeah, yeah, when Superman was created for its time... Uh-huh. It was it was what it was what worked, but as of now, you're just like, <laughs> come on, man, Batman, Batman is better. Anyway, so okay, so I would probably to get me out of a situation. Uh, I mean, I think the easiest one is the Flash because the Flash literally takes you, he runs, you're out, like yeah. you are done. It is over. Right. <laughs> There's nothing. A person can come and fight all they want, and that's just more time. Just get me the heck out of Dodge. Yeah, just see that glowing light of you know something running away. Um, Okay, so what trait got you into said trouble? Was it ambition, justice, stubbornness, greed, faith, love, ignorance, or kindness? Oh, oh. 
the thing that got me in trouble, I feel like that's a good one. I feel like it's a tie between ambition and kindness. I don't. I feel like ambition does get me. Um, it doesn't really get me in trouble, but it probably could. But kindness, I always end up finding myself in like situations where I can't say no, <laughs> and that like oh. really messes with my stuff. So I will say I, I'm gonna go with kindness on this one. Okay. All right. What song is getting you through this tough time? Thirty ninety by Jonathan Larson. Why You Only Call Me When You're High by the Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> Bitch Better Have My Money. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the Nights by Avicii. The Climb by Miley Cyrus. Uh, Can't Buy Me Love, The Beatles, Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen, or Man mm. in the Mirror, Michael Jackson. Ooh. Oh yeah, 3090. 3090. It's thirty ninety. Like that. Like I, I, I play that maybe, maybe way too often. Like it, it's just like, ah, uh, I'm thirty one. Like yes. I, it, it, it hits me very hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was born it's in nineteen ninety. All about choices. So like, it, yeah. It, 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 it's uh, it, it just hits me. It the way it hits Jonathan Larson hits me in, in the exact same way for different reasons. Wow. I'm thirty, and I was born in nineteen ninety. It's just like it's very oh no. <laughs> so yeah. So what else is going to make you happy? Hanging out with friends, going on a shopping spree, visiting an art museum, spending time with family, performing a community service, watching YouTube videos, meditating, or seeing a Broadway show. Okay, I'm going to choose the YouTube videos because this is why. Because every time I, uh, it's kind of an edit, but every time I turn on TikTok, I'll put on TikTok and it's only supposed to be a five minute break. And then I find myself four hours later scrolling this damn thing. Yes. And I was like, I hate the fact that it gives me this much joy, but it's undeniable at this point. (laughs) Love it. I love, yeah. Yeah, and Insta stories. um, I just, I love it. Anyway, finally, Pick your favorite Andrew Garfield film, Tick, Tick, Boom, 99 Homes, The Amazing Spider-Man, Mainstream, The Social Network, Hacksaw Ridge, Silence, or Never Let Me Go. Okay, I'm not going to pick this movie, but I'm going to shout out to Hacksaw Ridge because it's about a story about uh, a man that actually is a Seventh-day Adventist, who, which, which I am uh, religiously uh, religiously affiliated. And uh-huh. So it's a really wonderful story. I, I don't know whether the film is like great or not, but like generally, I just want to shout out that um, I'm really happy that that story got told because I've been told that when I was since I was a little kid. Um, yeah. uh, you mentioned a movie. Oh yeah, so it's. Honestly, Tick, Tick, Boom and Social Network, I think, are great films for different reasons. 3090 hits me now currently because it just came out. But The Social Network, um, as a big, giant fan of Aaron Sorkin, just like that film was just so translucent in the type of things that I want to be like, the type of conflicts and stuff that I, and characters I want to be writing. Um, yeah, the music was really cool, too, the, the score. But you know yeah. what? The reason why I want to do 3090 is because the downside about Social Network is that they do not write women well in that film. And so, oh, yeah, Aaron Sorkin. So, yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. Look, he had C.J. Craig. We, he got one. He got yes! one good female oh. character. Um, and you know, uh, no, no, actually, I'll take that back. I was gonna say Mrs. Bartlett was also, but um, it was. Um, but I'll go 3090 for now. I, I think I enjoyed Social Network significantly more than I liked mm-hmm. um, the film of Tick, Tick, Boom. But Tick, Tick, Boom is right now the thing that's hitting me right now. So okay, so I think from all these things, I'm pretty. I, I know what character I'm gonna be for it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think so too. 
But yeah. let's see. Let's see what the Buzz BuzzFeed guys. I'll be shocked. Say. The gods, the gods of Buzz BuzzFeed say that yes, you are Jonathan Larson from Tick Tick Boom. You you're the talented playwright, Jonathan Larson, like the renowned composer. You feel like you'll always be a child at heart. You have a strong desire to stand out from the crowd and your perseverance knows no bounds. Once you've set your mind on something, that's you. Yeah. Yeah. I could have told you this before we did this. <laughs> but we had to do it. We had to take this journey. I got uh, Peter Parker, of course, uh, from The Amazing oh. Spider-Man uh, because, you know, I'm highly intelligent. Duh. Mm. I possess a certain naivete, but I, I think I have it all figured out in a kind of uh, way that I do. Anyway, I didn't. I just uh, quickly wrote, uh, typed this up. Um, I'm loyal, confident, and I never miss an opportunity to throw in a sarcastic remark. So that, that is me in a nutshell. Yeah. So my final question, thank you so much, Joe. What's making you happy these days? Goodness, what's making me happy these days? Am I gonna have a psychological like break right now? Cause I'm realizing like what makes me happy? Nothing makes yeah, me I happy. Yeah, I know, war. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's horrible. But like, okay, here's the thing. Yeah. I love that I've won this award. I appreciate everything. Everybody's love and effect. You know, I, I got I got I, I got it. Helping others. That to nice. me does give me the sincerest joy. Cause like now talking about it, like just realize like, oh no, like that wasn't what it was. Um it is You've super... helped me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're uh but that's very kind of you to say but like i for me uh so the win for me is wonderful on a professional level and a personal level that's very very true um but and obviously i'm doing the strategy to work at it but at the end of the day um yes i have my career that is focusing but i think that that doesn't mean a damn thing if you're not going to turn around and help others get to where you are yeah and so for me it is super wonderful to be able to go to a mixer a few weeks ago where i was just constantly stopped by people who knew me from twitter that knew me twitter who knew me from um mixers who knew me from the discord that i run and just constantly going like hey i appreciate the resources that you supply or helping me with these certain things or being encouraging like uh or just like your twitter just having encouraging things to say like those type of things matter so much to me because it tells me that uh, what I'm not just talking into a void, <laughs> that, that actually helps. But um, I think it just like, it. what is the point of any of this? It is not to go around and make sure that every you're trying to bring up everybody up with you. Because if you're going doing it for yourself, I don't want to talk to you. Like you can go off and do be, be a film writer and then just make films for yourself and then sell it and then be done and be happy. That'd be great, that'd be great. But for me, TV is such a collaborative thing. It is an mm -hmm. art that we all love and watch together. Why the hell would you want to do go through that alone? So right. for me, it is just like wonderful to have not just a community that's been wonderful to me and really like uh, open their arms to help me come bring up, but also me being able to go back and mentor and being able to um, give advice. And um, which I always say, like, I'm not, I'm one person. I'm not like going to be correct about everything. Um, mm -hmm. I can only talk about my experience, but being able to like, get people help like help them with jobs help them with advice help them with all that sort of stuff like that to me is really super important and so when somebody goes thank you so much for just like i just say give me a resume just in case something comes up and i can toss your resume somebody just going thank you so much for um uh just taking the resume or thank you so much for taking 20, 30 minutes that type of stuff like a win is great but right underneath that is that thank you that that fact that people care um, that honestly, like that keeps the motor going a lot. 
This is amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, this is great. We'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye.